This episode is brought to you by The Wanna Summit, the one day that's going to change your life. For more information, go to www.thewellnesssummit.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is That Paleo Show with your hosts, Stephanie Wozolik, Dr. Yana James, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Stephanie Wozolik. I'm Dr. Yana James. And I'm Dr. Brett Hill. This week we're talking about paleo fitness. So I'm sure some of you out there are uh, surprised that we're starting with fitness. And I think it's really important for everyone to realize that the paleo lifestyle is a lifestyle which involves a lot more than just the food that you eat. So that's why we started today to talk about paleo fitness. Brett, did you want to start maybe giving us some benefits of exercise? Yeah, absolutely. It, it is really important, isn't it, that we talk about the whole picture. Like we really set out the, the whole picture before we get into the nitty gritty and the details of each of those individual bits of the food and all those sort of things. And, and so in terms of the benefits of exercise, there are, there are heaps of them. I mean, there's so many. And I think many of these we're pretty aware of nowadays. Like I think everyone generally knows that exercise is good, right? And that sitting on your couch all day not moving is bad. Uh, but we want to give you a, a few more specifics. And I guess give you an idea of what, I guess, a, a more paleo approach to exercise might be. Uh, but the benefits, you know, the really, one of the big ones, I think, is stress. You know, the way that exercise affects the stress response in your body. And so we've got this stress response in our body, which is our fight or flight response. Um, and unfortunately, in our modern lives, it's switched on a lot of the time. Like our mon- modern lifestyles, our busy, stressful, cr- you know, chronically stressful lifestyles, then being able to switch that off is really important. So movement, particularly movement of your spine, is really the key to switching off that stress response. It fires messages back up to your brain. It helps release dopamine and serotonin, which really helps switch off your stress response. And so for those people out there who are thinking, well, look, I'm just really interested in the paleo food, and I just want to know about the paleo diet stuff, not necessarily the exercise and those other bits, it's important that you understand how this fits in because... If you're stressed, then you're going to be craving, and particularly you're going to be craving fats and sugars because that's what your body craves, particularly the sugars when you're stressed. And so if you're stressed and you're not getting enough exercise, it's going to make it harder for you to stick to that paleo lifestyle and that paleo diet as well. Um, So stress is a big one. Um, There's obviously a lot of research out there now about lean muscle mass and how important that is for your overall health. And, And I know we'll go into probably all of these in more detail in later episodes, but just For now, just understand lean muscle mass is a really important thing and getting some good exercise is important for that. Um, Weight management is a big one in terms of looking at your insulin sensitivity and and how you manage your weight. Uh, We'll talk later on in episodes about why exercise definitely isn't the be-all and end-all in terms of weight management. Um, And I know Yana's got some really good stuff on that that we'll talk about in later episodes. Uh, But it can help you sleep better, which is really important. Um, help improve your bone density, particularly as you get older. Um, exercise is really important for bone density. In fact, a lot of people are suggesting that exercise is more important than what you eat in terms of your bone density. Um, so really worthwhile thinking about there. Um, making sure you're staying flexible so that you're able to move and get around in the world. Um, so look, there's, there's a whole range of ex- benefits there that you get from exercise. And like I said, we can go into the, the details of those later on, but we're going to give you the as we did with the food last week, we're going to give you the broad picture today, and we'll get into the real nitty-gritty detail as we go along. 
And you touched on a good point there, Brett, about it being really important for bone density and all of these other uh, really important aspects to overall health. But it's not necessarily the be-all, end-all of your physique. So we do know that diet is is more important for your body composition yeah. than is fitness. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like um, the saying you can't outrun a candy bar. You know, yeah. It doesn't matter how much running you're doing. If you're eating candy bars, you're in for a rude shock. And, you know, it's the one thing that we've consistently heard when I've been doing our Wellness Guys shows, like all these different experts we've interviewed, is they've consistently said that your body shape is 80% diet. And I think very often in our society, we tend to think that it's 80% exercise, but almost across the board, they've all said, even the guys who, you know, started out as personal trainers like Rob Wolf are saying that it's actually 80% exercise, which is pretty, uh, sorry, 80% diet, which is pretty interesting. Definitely. Um, I, I, anyone who knows me knows that I'm not the poster child for exercise. Uh, although, I must say, paleo fitness is so much more fun than any other form of exercise I've ever done. Like, you know, I did the treadmill and the stair stepper and the cross trainer and all that stuff in my journey of trying to lose weight. And I've never enjoyed exercise more than I do when we do our functional fitness classes. I just love swinging kettlebells and getting up on our slack line. We've got this uh, thing that's a slack, called a slack line. It's kind of like tightrope walking combined with trampolining and it's really good for balance and coordination really i think the thing about um the paleo type of fitness is that it's so rewarding like i i know i'm probably nowhere up there with other people but i can now do two pull-ups and that's really impressive for me like that's such an achievement for me to be able to do that whereas if i was running on a treadmill i wouldn't really make much of a distinction if i'd run for 10 minutes or 12 minutes or an hour or two hours like it's not very rewarding um and, and I have I have biceps for the first time in my life. So <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I was I grew up being a synchronized swimmer, and I mean you know how much arm strength is required for swimming, but I've never had biceps before, and now I can do you know push ups and stuff like that, which which have given me. I'm showing them my biceps right now. <laughs> they can't see through the microphone, Steph, sorry. But I'm so proud of them. I know, and they are awesome. We might have to put a photo of them on our Facebook page just yeah. for everyone to see. We'll see. I, think, I think that's the really cool thing about what we're talking about in terms of this paleo fitness and functional fitness, which we're going to talk about in more detail in a sec, but is that it's really applicable to life, right? That you're actually developing skill sets and movement patterns and muscles that you're going to use all the time. And that's why I think this functional fitness is just so good because it's not just having muscles for the sake of muscles. It's actually functional muscle that you can use. And if you want to you know, be carrying your kids around all day or if you want to be carrying your shopping bag from the supermarket or whatever it is, you know, it's usable and, and that's the most important thing, I think. Yeah, and my mum will be proud. If you want to be out in the garden moving rocks around and making a veggie patch, it's really good for that too. Nice. <laughs> well, and that leads into why it's really important to do functional fitness for all ages. So, I mean, often you hear doctors or, well, pretty much anyone saying that the elderly should be avoiding these types of exercises. I'm talking about the squats and the push-ups and the lunges and stuff. I think that the idea is that they're supposedly too hard on their joints. But if you look at the daily life of, let's say, a a senior, um, then they're doing the same things that we are. They're doing, you know, they have to go upstairs. They have to carry their groceries home. They have to bend over if they drop something. They have to tie their shoes. These are all really, really important parts of maintaining your longevity and 
um, reducing premature aging, which Yana will talk about. But these are all very, very important parts. And they decrease, if you're doing this functional fitness, that's going to decrease the chances of injury when you're doing something as simple as gardening. So... Yeah. And so, you know, we have these recommendations, don't we? That like, you know, you just, all you have to do is half an hour of cardio every day, you know, just walk for half an hour every day and that's all you need and that's going to make you healthy. And, and quite frankly, it's ridiculous. Like what they've done is they've done a study basically on heart disease and what they've tried to say is, well, what's the minimum amount of work we can do to actually make a change in heart disease? And so it turns out the answer to that question is half an hour of cardio each day, right? But that's not actually the question we should be asking, right? It's like, what we should be asking is, what sort of exercise should we be doing if we want to be healthy? What sort of exercise should we be doing if we want to age well? If we want to, you know, have strong, fit bones? If we want to, you know, be able to play with our kids? Like, you know, that's a completely different question. And so the answer you get is completely different. And so if, if you're asking that question, then there's no doubt that doing half an hour of cardio every day is better than doing nothing. But there's also no doubt that doing functional fitness and involving a whole range of different movements is going to be way better again. Yeah, and it really, I mean, it brings it back to that quote, you know, why just survive when you can thrive? The minimum you have to do to survive is that 30 minutes. And like Dr. Brett said, you know, if you really want to thrive, if you want to get the most out of life, which I think, you know, if we're here in one body for one lifetime, you kind of should be making that effort to get the most out of it, if that's what it is. Um, so, you know, when it, it, you really want to be able to achieve anything you want to put your mind to. I think Dr. Brett's um, got plans for a book on that, which is kind of exciting. I'm waiting for that one to be written. But um, getting into... um, I love Dr. McCullough. He's got a website, and and he uh, sort of was an impetus for Luke and I doing a thing called PK, and I think he calls it Sprint 8 now, which is about high-intensity interval training. And the whole idea behind that is, when we're talking about aging, is that that sort of intensity training is show, has been shown in some studies to reduce, uh, what did he call it, um, age-related telomere shortening, which basically means early aging, right? So if you're doing this in interval intensity training, you're going to have better aging capabilities, so not prematurely age. And it also increases the production of human growth hormone. Now, that's a hormone that's required for not just building muscles, but repairing everything in your body. So you really want to maximize the amount of HGH that you release when you're out doing this exercise. So interval training is a great way to do that. And I know Brett's got his little Tabata machine, which he loves. And Tabata's, <laughs> if you want to explain Tabata's to listeners maybe before we get into that we should just briefly talk about what we mean by functional fitness so brett do you want to maybe explain that yeah for sure and just before i do as well i'm just gonna say that website for mccola is just mccola.com and it's one of the number one you know alternative health websites in the world he's amazing he's been doing it for so long like he was around way before the internet was cool and um (laughs) and he's probably one of the first spots i started in terms of gathering information and one of the cool things about mccola is he always posts the research so he posts the research and then his commentary about it so it's just a great spot to get real sort of evidence-based information that that's just awesome. So do check out McCullough.com. He's, he's cool. But yeah, in terms of what we mean by functional exercise, I guess, you know, it kind of fits in with our whole paleo principle, doesn't it? It's about moving in the way that our bodies are designed to move. So, you know, we have this understanding that we evolved over millions of years to move in a certain way. And that involved running, that involved jumping, that involved lifting things, it involved throwing spears, it involved, you know, dragging stuff back to camp. Um, you know, these really primal movements 
And uh, you know, I know Paul Check has a great book which is called Movement That Matters. Um, and he's got in there some great pictures of these primal movement patterns. That I can picture them in my head of this caveman dragging stuff around and they're just really <laughs> cool. I might definitely share that on the Facebook page because that's just a really cool one and I reckon that book's awesome. So, but, it, but it's just about using your whole body. So I guess the difference between functional fitness and what we see a lot of in the gyms is that what we see a lot of in the gyms is, let's say, a bench press, right? Now, if you're doing a bench press, you're going to be pushing, lying flat on your back, kind of disengaging all the rest of the muscles in your body and just using your shoulder and your arm muscles, right? So you're using your pecs, your deltoids, your, your, you know, your biceps, your triceps, just those shoulder and arm muscles. If you compare that to what would be a functional movement, because let's face it, I mean, how often would a caveman have laid flat on his back and tried to push a weight directly upwards? I can't imagine there were too many scenarios where he had to do that, right? So, but compare that to a functional movement like a push-up, which is like, okay, if I'm lying flat on the ground, I have to basically do a push-up as the first part of getting up off the ground, right? And so if I'm doing a push-up, then I'm going to be activating my pecs, my shoulders, all those same muscles, but also I'm going to have to fire my abdominals, I'm going to fire my core stabilizers, my glutes, my leg muscles to keep my body nice and straight, right? So not only am I using more muscles, so getting a better, uh, more intense workout, I'm also learning how to use those muscles together, right? So to fire those muscles in coordination, in the right order, in the right movement patterns. And the reason that's important is that if I just build up massive pecs without the rest of the stabilizers to go with it and without the movement patterns, then as soon as I start to go do things in the real world, then I'm going to create imbalance in my body and chances are I'm going to create injury in my body because I haven't actually learned how to use these muscles which are now out of proportion with the rest of my body with the rest of my body. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is when you're engaging all of those muscles at the same time, it takes a heck of a lot less time to get a good workout. So you're finding that you can get an incredible workout, like last night was what, half an hour, in in half an hour, and you're engaging all those muscles, I'm sore the next day, and and there's your time. You're not spending hours in the gym on all of these other machines. Yeah, and so a great example of that we mentioned before was the Tabata workout. So Tabata was this uh, Japanese speed skating coach, and basically what he was trying to figure out was how he could train these speed skaters to get the most amount of improvement in the least amount of time, essentially. And what they actually found was rather than doing lots and lots of endurance work, what they could actually do is do 20 seconds of really intense work followed by 10 seconds of rest. And they could repeat that for seven or eight rounds. So we're talking like four minutes worth of work. And they could actually get more better results in that four minutes than they could do from doing, for example, like a full half an hour of of longer term, lower intensity training. So it's just a way of being able to get really good functional movement. And the thing I really like about Tabata is that if you're doing those longer term, more endurance exercises, then you're actually at risk of burning off all your muscle mass. So because you're doing that that longer term exercise, your body's actually going to start to use those muscles as fuel. So the great thing about this interval training is you can actually build up your endurance because it actually does build up your endurance just as well as doing the longer stuff but you can build up your lean muscle mass at the same time, which, as we said, is really important for your health. And, hey, it kind of looks good too. Yeah, and the other thing that's really good about this intensity Tabata interval training is that it's not something that needs to be done every day because, let's face it, it is exhausting. Like, if you're doing it right, by the end, most of the time you want to throw up, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's definitely one of McCullough's things is, you know, if you're doing your PK right, you're not going to feel like eating for those two hours afterwards anyway. Um, which we'll get onto in a future talk, uh, talking about um, human growth hormone and, and eating. 
Um, but um, I'm pretty sure it was Jason Seib who's involved with Everyday Paleo and Sarah Fragoso who um, runs a gym and he was getting elite athletes, Olympians coming in and he actually told them to cut down their training and when they did that, when they went from doing seven days a week really hardcore training to having a rest day every second day, their outcomes were vastly improved. So that's another really good thing. You want to move every single day, right? It's really important to move, but you don't need to be doing this high intensity stuff every single day. Um, I know for me, if I if I do this high intensity stuff, I can't actually do high intensity again the next day. It's um, it, 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 I'm just too sore. <laughs> um, and that's I, I enjoy that. It's good to feel sore because you've been out doing some good work. But uh, again, for me, who's not the poster child of um, exercise necessarily, being able to take that step back and go, right, I'm going to move today and I'm going to move well, but tomorrow I'm going to push it and I'm going to achieve some really cool stuff. Yeah, and it's interesting you say that because I know we've got um, you know Jeff Spencer who co-hosts the Inside the Champions Mind show and he said the exact same thing. He yeah. said when he's working with those elite athletes that one of the keys for them actually is rest and that so many of them try and do, you know, they think, well, if this much exercise is good, well, then, you know, more Don't exercise has got to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, but in actual fact, what he said was that rest was really crucial in that process. And then, so then maybe we need to talk about what we're doing when we're not doing these intensity trainings. So the idea is that you, like Yana said, you're supposed to really be moving every day. We're not designed to be those weekend warriors who just do nothing all week and you work your nine to five desk job and then go out like Brett's friends and play cricket and then injure yourselves. The idea is that all, <laughs> all week. I think I love that. <laughs> you know, I was going to say, you're going to be in trouble, Brett. I mean, like our other friend. <laughs> um, anyways, so, so the idea is that for the rest of the week, you're just trying to add activity to your day. So maybe it is walking to and from work. Walking is not to be scoffed at. It's another type of movement. Maybe you like to dance. Maybe you like to hike. Maybe you're just playing with your kids. Um, so Brett can talk about his kids in fitness. But it's all of these other things that you do during your day that add a level of fitness to your day, but that aren't intense. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like, if you look back at, once again, the hunter-gatherer, if you look back at our paleo principles, you know, the amount of movement that our traditional hunter-gatherers were getting each and every single day was massive. I mean... You know, if they were just walking, it was the equivalent of hours worth of walking every day, right? So unless you're spending hours in the gym every day, then you're going to have to get some some incidental exercise and some incidental movement all the time. So you've got to really be proactive about that. Like, look for the opportunity to introduce that movement. You know, park at the back of the car park instead of trying to find that car park right next to the door. You know, just look for those opportunities where you can introduce that incidental movement into your day because it's really important. The other thing is that um, that's very paleo about it is just getting outside. So we do our functional fitness class currently once a week. I think it will eventually be three times a week, but um, we do that in the park down the street. So we use the stairs and the benches and the field all to incorporate fitness into our day. So maybe Brett, you want to talk about what our functional fitness classes look like. Yeah, look, I think our functional fitness classes change every time, don't they? But they're, they're always outside. Um, you know, I like to get my shoes off and do them barefoot. And, and I know some of the other members are doing them with barefoot shoes as well. Because um, once again, we'll, we'll probably talk about this again in a later episode because there's a whole other episode we could do about barefoot shoes and running technique and that sort of stuff. But, but I like to get the shoes off because you want to get as much stimulation into your feet as possible, as much stimulation into your body as possible, um, and to help maintain a nice upright posture because... 
Posture is probably the other thing that we really need to talk about when we talk about functional fitness because really doing good functional fitness with good technique all revolves around good posture. So keeping yourself up nice and upright, nice and straight, um, helps you activate the right muscles in the right order, helps you keep that balance in your body, um, which helps reduce your risk of injuries, it helps you look better, you know, all those sort of things as well. So, so looking after your posture when you're doing it. But then in terms of the exercise we do in the group, you know, we do different stuff all the time. So sometimes it'll be a Tabata routine. Sometimes it'll be several Tabata routines. Um, sometimes we'll do a ladder where we do, you know, one rep in the first minute, two in the second minute, you know, up to 10 and then back down again. Um, sometimes we just do time sets where it's, you know, we, we do a certain amount of exercise in a certain period of time and you can just go at your own pace. Um, sometimes we'll do interval stations and then that'll be timed by, you know, there'll be a short run in one of those stations. And so everyone does their exercise and then rests until that person finishes their run. So there's a whole different a number of ways you can time it. Um, but then there's also a whole different number of exercises you can do within that. So we do really functional whole body exercises. So we're talking things like push-ups and squats and lunges and jumping and running and um, you know dipping and you know just all of those really natural whole body movements where you're you're exercising like we said before a whole bunch of muscles at the same time yeah and when it comes to posture as well and you were talking about posture being so important the thing that always amazes me is watching your kids doing the functional fitness because their posture is amazing right yeah, kids yeah. Just, they just know how to do it right because they're economizing on all of the movements they make to do it as quickly and as efficiently and as powerfully as possible because they haven't trained into all the bad habits that adults have and i know this is probably going off topic but i so often have people come in and say oh look i've got a bad back because my dad's got a bad back so it must be genetic and and in fact that's so rarely the case usually what it is is your dad's got a bad back from poor posture and poor movement patterns and you've learned exactly the same posture and the poor movement patterns off your dad and therefore develop the same problem because you put the same joints under stress and so it you know that posture stuff is so important and like I said just watch a kid playing at the beach they'll squat down pick up a shell stand up and show their parent and that perf that is just perfect posture it's amazing yeah and I think that also brings in a couple of different elements as well like if you look at kids running around like how effortlessly do they do it right they just run with really good technique really good posture because it's natural and often they're barefoot and so if you just let them do it, they actually just, they'll just run all day. Like they're so full. And you look at them and think, where have they got all this energy from? Yeah. But it's just because they're being really efficient. Um, but then the second part of that, I guess, is the concept of play. You know, we tend to think that we've got to make our exercise so structured and so rigid and so not fun and so painful. <laughs> you know, whereas in actual fact, it can just be like a really fun kind of expression of play. You know, you can muck around with it. You can do different exercises every time you can incorporate some fun things and you can dance and you can you know just do all sorts of different things so i think having that idea of it being a more playful form of exercise i think is a really important concept as well and something kids are so good at yeah yeah and that's something mark sisson really advocates in his primal blueprint fitness book is just that it really is all those off days where you're not doing this intensity training really are play days. You should be able to do anything you want, anything that comes up. And that includes, you know, going for a swim in the ocean, playing with your kids or dancing, or um, even gardening counts as a 
yeah. playing sports or, you know, all those different things. Exactly. And those are what you're doing on your off days. It's just incorporating those fun activities that aren't sitting in front of the TV, essentially, uh, into your daily life. Yeah, and I've gone back to doing cartwheels, which I've discovered I can do really well one way, but not the other. So I'm working on that because I know that that coordination both ways is really important. And handstands. I love handstands. So now I'm taking it up a level. I'm trying to do handstand push-ups, which... They're pretty hard, yeah, they're but they're fun. They're good fun. <laughs> and it, look, if you're interested in that Primal Blueprint Fitness that we spoke about from Mark Sisson, I mean, you can get that as a free download from his website. And so probably if you're listening to this and you're into paleo stuff, you may have already seen his Mark's Daily Apple website. Uh, but if you haven't, that's another great resource to get stuff from. And like I said, you can get that, that Fitness Blueprint, which is a great spot to start, and it's free, which is pretty cool. Absolutely. Another really awesome resource is Erwin LaCour's MoveNet website. Yeah. The yeah. Wellness Guys recently interviewed him, and his philosophy is exactly the same as this. It's just natural movement patterns, have fun, and, um, and to get the most out of your fitness. Yeah, yeah. I, I love his stuff. I really enjoyed that interview. I just think it's like a it's a really simple philosophy around movement and around exercise. It, it doesn't involve sort of any ego or any competition, or it, it's just a really simple, fun, natural way to move your body. And it's almost not even exercise; it's just moving your body naturally, which I just think is just so cool. That was a really yeah, cool that, interview. That was one of one of my favorites. And it, uh, he's a hilarious swearing Frenchman, which just made it even more fun, in my opinion. <laughs> And he's not too hard on the eye either. Shame it wasn't. I'm Canadian. I love the French. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that was was a really good podcast. I'd recommend people check it out. And our most recent find, I guess, is a book called You Are Your Own Gym. And there's also an app for, I think, Android and the iPhone or iPod. Not Windows phones yet. Hassling them. (laughs) But it's it's quite a simple app that times all of your exercises it shows you videos of each exercise you can record uh the the reps yeah, that intervals you, and all exactly. those sort of, you can record all the details of your workout so you can compare later on and see how you went and it's only like a couple of dollars and it really has a lot of information in there it's quite amazing yeah and that's mark lauren yeah yeah. So he's the author of that. And he recently put out a book for women as well. Um, so that might be worth that might be worth checking out. So it, other things that tend to fit with the paleo lifestyle in terms of fitness is definitely CrossFit and CrossFit definitely or probably more that CrossFitters take up the paleo diet. Yeah. Um, I do have a few issues personally with CrossFit. I think that some of it isn't all that um sound for your body more so because they tend to be really competition based and and getting as many reps as heavy as you can and i've been to a couple of crossfit competitions just to watch and you know there's a few people out there that are awesome and have amazing technique but there are a whole lot of people that don't have the greatest technique and that might not be crossfit's fault at all um it might be the particular person or the the trainer's not paying attention but i know when i first started looking at movement patterns for for paleo lifestyle um, I was watching YouTube and there was Erwin LaCour's MoveNet and then there was CrossFitters and every time I watched the CrossFitters I was just shaking my head which is <laughs> kind of cruel. However, um, you know, if there's a CrossFit box in your area, definitely get down, check it out and um, make sure that you're getting your posture assessed if that's what you're going to pick up and do. 
Yeah, I think it's, there's some great concepts around fitness in CrossFit, and they've got a lot of great ideas about movement patterns and the type of exercise you can do and how to do that interval training and make keep it really intense. Yeah, and definitely. So, look, you know, I've certainly followed a lot of the CrossFit stuff over the years. I, I've probably always leaned more towards, without even realizing it actually, without even discovering MoveNet, I've always leaned more towards kind of more a MoveNet sort of approach, but... I've definitely learned a lot from CrossFit and the CrossFit community definitely. about ways to exercise better and more effectively and, and get more strength and, and you know get more results in less time, I guess, um, from that CrossFit community. So there's some really cool definitely. stuff there that's definitely worth checking out and learning as well. Yeah, absolutely. And another resource you can use if you're really unfamiliar with exercise and don't have a group that you can join is personal trainers. I know, Brett, I think you started with a personal trainer um, but they, they can definitely help you master the techniques before you hurt yourself. So they can watch your technique and correct your technique. Because uh, we're not kids anymore, so we don't have the perfect technique that, that we should have grown up with. And it's really important to make sure that before you do these exercises you have that technique down. Yeah, it's so true. Like I can remember starting with my trainer and he was really good at technique and really into functional exercise. And actually one of the first things he made me do was take my shoes off when I went into the gym. And that was my first introduction to barefoot exercise, which was kind of cool. And uh, I can remember working with him, like literally working with him over the period of probably like two years to try and get my squat right, you know, like just refining it, trying to get that technique right. And look, you don't necessarily have to take two years to get it just right, but <laughs> You know, I do think if if you're brand new to this stuff, it's really worth speaking to someone who's a bit more of an expert in technique who can show you what's going on because often it's really hard to see for yourself what's going on in your technique and can help you refine that because it's going to prevent you heaps of problems later on down the track. But as we said before, it was like this thing where I'd spent two years trying to get my squat right and then my son just walks in and picks up a kettlebell and does it perfectly at like two years old. I'm like, <laughs> damn you! Anyway, it's uh, it's definitely worth thinking about getting in to see a PT just to, to get that technique just right and set you off on a good stead. We have mentioned a few pieces of equipment as well, but it's important to know that you don't actually need equipment to be doing functional fitness. Right. The idea is that your body is enough weight and your body can be manipulated in many different ways to make a simple push-up as easy or as difficult as possible. So you can go from doing a push-up against a tree with good technique and that could be very strenuous for someone who hasn't done any fitness before. Or you can transition through the various stages of push-ups and get to, you know, handstand push-ups like Yana mentioned earlier. Uh, I know Brett and Yana are both kind of working on handstand push-ups and <laughs> starting to knock a few out now. I am still mastering the normal push-up. I'm, I'm just managing to lower myself down eccentrically at the moment. I haven't done the back up again yet, yeah. but yeah, it's definitely... I'm just worried my impression. biceps are going to get too big. So. <laughs> <laughs> but both the, uh, both the Mark Loren book and the Primal Blueprint book are both great sources of really simple, easy-to-do exercises that just involve your body weight. Absolutely. And I don't know if you mentioned when we were talking about getting outside, you know, you don't need a gym. You can just go down to the local park or in your backyard. And the other beautiful thing about that is you're going to get some of that awesome vitamin D from the sun, which is so yeah. important. And you can do it with your partner. You can take your family along. Obviously, we said my kids come along. My mum comes along. Like, you know, you can all get together and make it a real good community fun thing because that's obviously a big part of the paleo lifestyle as well. And maybe just to quickly finish up, it's it's important to reiterate the importance of not doing that chronic cardio or at least not that it's essential to fitness do, do you guys want to touch on that briefly 
Yeah, I think it's just important to have a well-rounded exercise regime. You know, just like we talk about a well-rounded diet and getting you know, different colors of fruits and vegetables and those sort of things, you want to get the same out of your exercise. You want to make sure that you're working the different parts of your body. You know, don't be like the classic gym junkie where they work on the front and their chest but don't work on their back and end up all rounded in. You know, don't end up one of those guys who can you know, lift up 200 pounds but can't actually run around the block or conversely the guy who can run like 50 kilometers and actually can't lift up a pen. You know, so <laughs> just make sure that you're getting a really well-rounded exercise regime because that's really important for your overall health. Yeah, but one of my favorite things in one of our talks is Brett talking about the guy who can you know, bench a whole heap of weight but can't squat and uh, the label for that that we use is a dmo which i love which means display model only yeah (laughs) i realized actually just yesterday that i actually stole that from dave nixon who interviewed right at the start on the wellness guy so i've got to give him credit for that because i've been stealing it for the last two years yep credit where credit's due my friend (laughs) that is brilliant (laughs) well i think that's a great way to end off our third episode in our 12 part series of what is paleo so until next week check us out on facebook share your story and help us grow the paleo tribe worldwide This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.